Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to the B-Side. Hey everyone. Hey. Hi. Um, here where we take pop music seriously, but not ourselves. Never. And we're people who love Carly Rae Jepsen. Oh, wow. Gonna have to. <laughs> people who love Carly Rae Jepsen and can pronounce her name occasionally and want to see the fall of capitalism in our time, then thank you for tuning in. Even if you don't agree with those statements, thanks for listening and maybe we can change your mind. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm Becky. I'm Hannah Zill. I'm Mimi. And how are you guys doing? I'm doing great because Ariana Grande released an in my head visual. I wouldn't call it a music video because like Vogue did it, but um, because it's kind of like a music video and it's amazing. And I think it does the song justice and I'm so happy. So I'm doing great, Becky. I would agree. Um, I am also in a great mood because Ariana Grande's dog finally got its day. Toulouse. Toulouse is on the cover of Vogue. He looks great. He looks kind of like my mom's dog, but with longer legs. Lester on the cover of Vogue. Yeah, it's a huge He also shape. does kind of look photoshopped on, honestly. It seems like he might have been photoshopped on, but it's fine. It's funny that you say that because when I saw the cover for the first time, I was like, I thought it was like an onion thing where it was like, <laughs> Ariana, someone had photoshopped him on the cover of Vogue is a joke. And then I was like, oh, this is a premise. I'm into it but still. And then I have a question for you guys. I was discussing this with my boyfriend. Do you think she walks Toulouse or she, her assistant does? Oh, that's a tough question. Maybe some of both. When she's on tour in life. I said, I think that she's really dedicated to this dog and like walks it. So I'm going to out myself as someone who's like a little bit unhealthy when it comes to pop music, but I hope that people kind of get that by now anyway. When I say that last time I was in New York, I visited her apartment. I walked outside of her apartment. I walked around. I took some pictures. That was pretty exciting. It's not an easy area to walk a dog in, in where she is in Chelsea. Mm. So she does have a back, she has a yard, but like it's on a penthouse. So all this is to say, I'm not sure if logistically it's possible for her to walk her dog when she's home in New York. Well, I mean, I don't think that Ariana Grande is like going to the dog park, but off leash before nine. Yeah. I'll look for her in Prospect Park one morning. Yeah, please do. She'll I, thought the, I thought the interview, um, her cover interview with Vogue was amazing. So did I. And I think there's a lot to dissect that um, we can do on a future um, besides about politics, um, pop music being inherently political. Yeah, but, eh, that's not what I mean. The people who deliver, who sing the songs. The people who sing the songs. The singers. <laughs> I'm not doing too odd today, clearly. <laughs> the sources. The sources themselves. Anyway, um, with that, we can take a deep dive into the A-sides right now. Great. So let's go. Yeah. 
today on the A sides, we're going to talk about a show that I will admit I've only watched one episode of, and it's because of Miley Cyrus. Uh, we're going to talk about the Ashley O episode of episode of Black Mirror. Hell yeah! I have seen a few other episodes of this show. They overwhelm me, so this is the only episode from this season that I've consumed. Yeah. I've seen a lot of episodes, except for <laughs> some where where people were just like, "There's no point." Like you don't because they've been going downhill over the last few seasons, right? Like it's not all top quality, just some. Yeah, yeah. I think I think like the first season, I've seen almost nothing because people were like, oh. "No." But I I think I saw all of the ones last season. And thank you both for watching this one when I was like, "You guys should watch this one," so we can anything talk about for it. you, Mimi. Truly. Thank you so much. <laughs> I, and I think that it also, it is a great conversation that we can be having about musicians and fame and celebrityism and exploitation and how Miley Cyrus is still the best actress on best. the small screen and the large screen. Should we give a spoiler alert for people who haven't seen this episode yet? Maybe. Yeah, it's been out for a while, but sure. Like Honestly, if you haven't seen it and you want to, maybe just like get on that um but if you haven't seen it and you and you want to maybe just like fast forward just a few minutes we'll get to the b-sides quite quickly or pause and then watch it and then return to yes but please return yeah please return (laughs) and the b-sides is about lizzo so you should definitely return stick around i mean did we like the episode like there's some things about it and the way what how it talked about pop music that i really liked and some things i really had a problem with Mm -hmm. i have never really seen black mirror so i thought it was fun but I talked to some people who actually watch Black Mirror and they were like, that was one of the worst episodes. Mimi, do you want to give like the premise for those yeah. who haven't listened but can still participate? Yeah, of this one episode mm-hmm. or Black Mirror in general? This episode. This episode, okay. Um, essentially, there is there are two teenage girls who lost their mother recently and like have these different relationships with their father who seems like he's doing the best he can. And one of them sort of like um, plays guitar and plays music that the mom always had around and listened to and played. And the other one feels like really left out at school and is trying to become cool. And she listens to and watches music videos of Ashley O who is Miley Cyrus, who sings this song on a roll, mm-hmm. which we love. Every, and, and the internet was like, on a roll is like a genuine bop immediately. Yeah, and then Ashley O, who seems like perfect and peppy and confident, has this weird kind of like cyborg Ashley 2 not doll but like Alexa 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 type thing yeah my god my Alexa just woke up (laughs) (laughs) go back to sleep we don't need you art imitating life Uh black mirror um here it is and yeah she like forms this emotional bond with it and it's we and the other sisters sort of weird out and it's this whole thing and meanwhile um the real Ashley O has a somewhat challenging life mm-hmm. with her aunt who has been sort of like exploiting her pop music career for a long time. And she's getting into different types of music and her aunt has a lot of problems with this. And I could go on, but uh, I don't know if I want to spoil okay. 
everything, but I actually, actually, maybe we should because some of the fun comes later on. Yeah. Uh, her aunt essentially drugs her, puts her in a coma, and then creates this like uh, hologram. hologram version of her that is truly wild because, yeah, it looks like her and it sounds like her, but it can also be like 50 feet tall and it can do, and it's, and she's like, it never gets, you know, like she never gets tired. She's always on. She never gets, right. She never gets sick. Like she can be like really fucking tall, which is bizarre. And I was also like, the dancing is probably worse that like, you can't, that makes the stage like two feet wide, whatever. But I, I do think it's, that's a, an important commentary is that we kind of expect our pop artists to be always on, which is something Ariana actually talks about in the Vogue spread about how like she feels that she like owes it to her fans to be like always like there and producing and like part of what she's realized now is that like it's a lot of responsibility and she doesn't have to do that and even a few weeks ago I mean you know to get back to Ashley O but um she Ariana like kind of she cries in almost every performance on this tour but she like really broke down during REM um recently and people kind of like gave her shit for it but then immediately she posted a statement and her fans came to her rescue basically being like this is a really tough time she's giving us a lot and that kind of relates to Ashley O in terms of what Ashley O thinks she's able to do as a pop star the issue that i have with kind of the premise of of the of the episode is there is this dichotomy as there often is in pop culture, which I'm always surprised about in some ways that like you can't be a pop star and show feelings or you can't be, Mm -hmm. you can't make pop music. That's also interesting and authentic. Um, You can't have pop music that says something real. And I'm always surprised about that trope. I understand where it comes from. I understand the commercialization of pop and, um, and top 40 in general, but you know, it was such a, vilification of pop music and it just made me wonder is Ashley O's really supposed to be anybody who exists in contemporary society like who's at who is the Ashley O right now or am I so naive in thinking that everybody's actually kind of healthy and doing fine like I don't know I felt really kind of confused about that premise I used to worry about Katy Perry uh-huh. that I kind of I don't know. There was a point where I kind of felt like she was sort of phoning it in and like maybe wanted to do more like hot, cutting edge stuff and was like pop felt too soft for her. Now that she's going back to sort of this kind of like music with her new song, which is just because it's over doesn't mean it's really over. And if which she's so good at, but I felt that she was like trying with like her shitty chain to the rhythm, like trying to be someone she's not. That album, we just hated it. But she could have been a hologram. Yeah, she could have. She been could have been a hologram, and I'm. I'm personally grateful that she's not 50 feet tall. Oh, that's great. You're really scary. But I, yeah, I uh, agree with what you're saying in terms of like the end of the episode is, you know, Ashley O gets to do what she wants now. And she's like in a rock band. And also the, there's a parallel between her and the sister who was like not into pop, who was into sort of like guitars. And, and you know what? Like this doesn't need to be a classic rock. Right. Why not both? Why? Why can't you have the best of both worlds? Oh, <laughs> she did it. She did it, everybody. Podcast is over. It's something to yeah. think about in the social, the running social commentary that is Black Mirror. Yeah. Overall, I enjoyed. I mean, do we think, you know, I, 
I think, Becky, you made a comment in our um, holy Google Doc about how uh, Miley's a great person to play this character because she is someone who has lived a double life in a TV show. She's had another character before. It's kind of everybody loves the, you know, there's been Hannah Montana, Miley Stewart, Miley Cyrus, and now Ashley O and Ashley Two and Ashley behind the scenes, all these different characters. And she's someone who has been through the, through the pop music system since she was little and, you know, is the aunt kind of an allegory for Disney and what she was mm-hmm. put through as a child star. And I'm sure that for her, that's telling um, potentially a real story for her in terms of what she felt like she was being controlled and, you know, the narratives that we do know are true about Disney stars. So in that way, I, I totally, I, I loved that it was Miley. Yeah, I but agree. Miley, mostly. And you are Miley. Then I am Miley is the thing. Yeah. Also, like, those dolls seemed fun. The Ashley O doll. <laughs> or dot doll robot. I thought I thought they were going to, like, turn on her because that's what happens in Black Mirror with yeah. technology a lot of the time. But then, but then it didn't. And I was like, oh, it's, like, helping them. Sweet. It's sweet. Yeah. Slash, like, it is Ashley O in a confusing way. I think that at the end of the day, when – the internet was saying like, you know, we're all dumb. A lot of people on the internet were saying that we're dumb for falling for how good on a roll is. And that that proves the entire point of the episode that we're all vapid commercial idiots. And that I think is what I took an issue with that. I don't think we're proving the point of, you know, of the song and of the episode that we're all like vapid consumers. I think it actually, what it proves is that pop music is great. And yeah. that what we should do is support the artists who make it. <laughs> and they manufactured a great pop song. Like that was the point. From a great rock and roll song. Yeah. Also, do we love that both Miley and her dad are on the charts at the same time because of Nine Inch Nails? Because <laughs> that road was sampling Nine Inch Nails. And yeah, then, I didn't realize that. And then <laughs> On a Roll was a remake of a Nine Inch Nails song. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. I wouldn't have known that. I have to be honest. I don't know enough about Nine Inch Nails. I wouldn't have known that if not for the internet and maybe the besides F Facebook group. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, it was a great chance to have a conversation about pop music in pop culture, which we always love. Yes. And now Miley Cyrus is going to run for president, I hear. Do was it a new music video? Mother's Daughter? I really oh, enjoyed it. I haven't, seen, you it haven't seen it yet. Yeah, check it out. I really enjoyed it. I love Miley. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was a great A-side. So let's get into the B-sides now. So today's B-sides, we're going to talk about someone I'm pretty sure you all know, Lizzo. Just saying her name puts a smile on your face. And if you don't know who we're talking about... You somehow, A, missed every movie that came out this summer or spring that plays Truth Hurt. B, you missed that viral video of her playing Sasha Flute. Or you missed the last five years. Lizzo is a new pop icon who I've loved for a while And I think I'm finally ready to talk about her. Are you guys? I'm ready. Yes. My love. I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about Lizzo first. For example, you guys know what her her full birth name is? Walk us through it. Melissa Vivianne Jefferson. And she was from Michigan, 
raised in Texas, although you may notice most of her songs actually give a shout out to Minnesota. And it was actually there where she met Prince. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that this gets enough attention. Maybe I'm correct me if I'm wrong, besides listeners. And he is pretty much who helped her. She helped him with his 2014 album. Mm-hmm. Can you guys pronounce this album? I can't. No, I never can. Plectrum Electrum. From Plectrum Electrum. And she's actually featured. It's really great. And she's actually featured on the track Boy Trouble. And in no surprise to Lizzo fashion, it's all about boys. But I, when doing, when reading more about her, like I always knew her connection to Prince. And when he passed away, it was like a huge deal to her. But he really is one of the main reasons why we have the present Lizzo that we have. Um, So in 2012, she released her first album called Lizzo Bangers. Um, And I cannot find this album anywhere. I don't know if you guys had better luck. It's unavailable on Spotify and Amazon Music. And it's not even on YouTube. Honestly, I think that with the um, Taylor Swift and Scooter Braun conversations about masters, and I think that we are as a culture learning more and more about the behind the scenes, um, how like music gets made and sold and distributed. I think a story is going to come out about this at some point. Like, I think that something happened. I don't know if it was her choice. I don't know what, I don't know if she decided, but I think there's a, there's a story there. I'm not like desperate to to hear it in terms of she doesn't want to tell it. She doesn't have to tell it, but if someone's music is not online anymore, there's like a reason for it. So I'm curious to see if we ever learn um, what happened. And if anybody does know what happened, please let us know because we don't. Yeah. And so what's interesting though, and according to a blog on The Current, which had a review of the article, review of the album, which there honestly weren't that many. But if you listen now, Lizzo Banger sounds coarse compared to the slick 2018 single Boys and the hooky EP Coconut Oil. It's relatively rude and rough and an album of rap heat. Their song is called Faded and Work Part 2 instead of pop songs. And unlike Lizzo's subsequent releases, it's speckled with the N-word. So... Like comment, I, I've literally never heard this album. Uh, neither, neither. I, I feel bad. <laughs> but it sounds much more to me like a Nicki Minaj, Cardi B type than like the right. soft pop of Lizzo that we expect to hear, or like even the rock and roll. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's not even soft pop that she comes out with now, but it, it also came out around the same time as Nicki Minaj's Pink Friday. Mm-hmm. And so perhaps like she in either right I think it's an interesting point about the masters and whoever actually owned it that where remember the record company was like a B, a B label so it wasn't as promoting around that and I hate to say this but there's only so much space a black woman rapping in 2012 like that the world could handle and break through to actually be in the top yep. Yep. charts yep and Nicki Minaj had a little Wayne behind her and I don't think at this point Lizzo had Prince so there you go. And people were like, look, you already have a black president. Yeah. What more do you want? This is all you get. And we were like, we want everything. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it, and we're just a tangent to Nicki Minaj and Cardi B, like, and they feud because they can't even deal with like the two of them being in two similar types. Remember when they didn't? I, it was ama- It was amazing. I know. I was so happy. The, the world you know, chews them up and spits them out. It's very upsetting. Waiting for the collab. It happened. Motorsport. Motorsport? Is it motorsport? Oh, did they have a song together? Yeah. 
you know, oh. delete this part of if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure there's, I mean, they have a great song together. I really like it. I'm just kind of like, I'm pretty sure it's really Same lips that be talking about me is the same lips that be ass kissing. These hoes saying what they say they are and they pussies think they catfish. Same hoes that were sending shots, they reaching out like they back is. Why would I hop in some beef? When I could just hop in the porch, you her she. Pink Friday is a great album. Pink, I mean, Pink Friday is like the best album. But yeah. the Pink Print's amazing too. Oh my goodness. That, I mean, yeah. I, I could. I could talk all day about just those two albums. But I do think it's I interesting have. to think that here's Lizzo in 2012 trying to be like get her name recognition around, but there was no like space for mainstream black women rappers mm-hmm. based on the review. At least we haven't listened to it, but I, I do think it sounds like it's more uh, it's an album of rap, not like what we see now is pop R&B. Yeah. And I actually do think she's been, she has been pretty good at reminding people she will get to this. So I don't mean to bust your spot, but we, you know, she talks, she reminds people that she's a classically trained musician quite often, but at the same time, like she also has to remind people that she's a, that she's a rapper and that she's a really talented and gifted rapper because a lot of times people are painting her with um, a pop paintbrush, which on the one hand gives um, in some ways legitimacy and in some ways, you know, kind of uplifts uh, and gives a stamp of approval to someone and their art, but in other ways can be kind of minimizing of what they give to the world. And she has, I've like listened to a few interviews with her where she's been like, just please don't forget that like, I am a rapper. Like Truth Hurts is a rap song. It's just a really mm-hmm. good one. And you're not used to liking Truth Hurts. I mean, you're not used to liking rap songs. So you're, you call it pop, but like these are rap songs or they're hip hop based, which I think is really cool. Which leads also to her 2015 album, which I think probably more people are more familiar with called Big Girl, Small World. Um, and this, which I family found on SoundCloud, but it's really hard to find again if you're looking for it immediately. Um, and like only a few select songs like Human Eyes and My Skin are on YouTube. Um, and also what I found interesting once they're on you is My Skin has under 500,000 plays compared to Good As Hell, which has 12 million. And mm-hmm. My Skin is a beautiful song, literally about loving her black skin, no matter what anyone says. And it's a beautiful slow ballad. And my favorite line of it is I wear my flaws on my sleeve and my skin like a peacoat. I see someone like me be ashamed to be ashamed to be and honestly I'm really really fed up with it it's just a beautiful yeah song that like she obviously is black and she a lot of her songs are inherently political but I think in her later works they still are but her her older work is even more political than her current work which is something we can talk about later but the current also again seems to be the only person reviewing her early albums um we are in her head as she processes her relationship to her own body and self and reflects on the reality of being a woman of color in a society that constantly tried to diminish her value. It's potent stuff and a lot to digest in one sitting, but Lizzo makes it go down easy, which to me is sums up better than I could have summed it up. And that's from 2015. And I do think also applies to work like her, her current stuff, but it's not the same. Yeah, that's beautiful. And I just also wanted to add something um, 
in her own words, again in 2015, as this album's out, and it's sort of, she's on the precipice of hitting that fame with her next album, which I know, Becky, you'll take us into. But um, in Vice in 2015, she said, being Black in America is a unique experience. All people have unique American experience, but I can't speak for all people. I can only speak for my unique experience as a Black woman. The African-American myths that cloud non-Black people's judgment are taken from the worst part of our struggle and paraded as fact. I've heard of rejection for being too fat, too skinny, too poor, even too ugly, but guess what? Bodies change, money comes and goes, and beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Skin does not change. It is our permanent marker in this life, a calling card to ethnic pride. I was appraised and judged based on the color of my skin, and trust me, I am not the only one. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it, and it sort of speaks to what you were talking about with, um, you know, this one song, My Skin, which has so few listens, but is such a powerful song. Yeah. And I think that now she's definitely says things like this now, but I think the narrative has also changed. She's doing it more through a self-care lens and not a radically black love racial lens. And perhaps because she knows that self-care is a different, is an easier message to swallow for the white people listen to her music and she wants money and she's not ashamed of that um so let's bring to 2016 which is when i first discovered lizzo with the song let him say this song is an earworm and a total jam and it's a total and somehow fits this like really bizarre scene that's happening which means it must be really great and it incorporates the Lizzo that we know now is like fuck that noise you care what they say like let them say whatever yep and I listened to it today um I really re-listened to it today and you really you can hear Prince in this song you I mean I don't mean like literally Prince. I just like, you can tell that this is someone who cares a lot about Prince. I just think that a lot of times we talk about, you know, who it, who's following in Prince's footsteps. And we think more of Janelle Monet, who I think absolutely is kind of, you know, that air. And I don't think people are quick to think of Lizzo, but if you listen to her music, I, I was listening to her music with my parents last week and I told them to listen for Prince and they heard it everywhere. Her new album, her newest album as well. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's there. The guitar mostly. It's amazing. Yeah, no, it is. It definitely is. And that's why I think it's so fascinating too, that I don't think a lot of people know that she works so closely with Prince version out. And something else that came out in 2016 is coconut oil, which amazing. Jeff's gift. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I found out about her. I was later to the game. No, I said it was 2016. Yeah. Yeah. But you got, let him say, I think I probably realized, I think I probably Realized how much I liked her music probably in 2017 because of this 2016 album. Yeah, this and Worship, which she just still does on tour and is the best song. I will say, okay, so when I, for the the way that I really fell fell in love with Lizzo was that um, my friend Nina um, asked me if I wanted to go to her concert. And I was like, I don't really know this person, but I'll look at what, you know, she has on YouTube. 
And the way that she asked me was she, she, com Nina commented on Lizzo's post that she was coming to DC, tagging me and said, you know, at me, should I, should we go to this? And Lizzo responded saying like, hell yeah, you should. And we were like, Oh my God. And I literally had barely heard of, of her. I'd heard of her a little bit, um, but I had not heard of her that much, but I was like, Oh my God, a celebrity just Instagrammed at me. Um, but anyway, the, the piece that was the most exciting about the coconut oil era to me is how she performs phone. And just for anybody who right now is in front of a computer or is able to, to go on YouTube, just take a look at how she performs phone live. It is the best, you know, three and a half minutes yeah. of your life. It's amazing. I've now seen it happen twice. And I literally just like, you just scream. The first time I saw her do it, I barely knew the song. And it was like, literally, it was the best moment of my life. It's so good. It is good. It's a great song. It's all, they're all so good. And also what came out of this is we have to talk about the elephant in the room. Um, good as hell. Mm -hmm. The song that I would say probably most people who know Lizzo know. Besides Truth Hurts now, honestly, more people know Truth Hurts maybe than Good as Hell, but Good as hell, shout out to me. Good as hell was on the first B side for this I do my I'm so Taylor Swift. It's an amazing pop song. It truly is like when I think of like really like songs that just lift your spirit no matter what. Mm -hmm. It's hard not to smile during that song. You can't. You no. can't. <laughs> you cannot. I'm smiling this whole podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, which brings us now to her long anticipated new album, which came out in April. Um, and if you listen to all her songs, they're, as you mentioned before, they're always been about radical self-love, even her existence on the top charts, um, as she calls herself a fat bitch is radical in itself. And this album is no different. So why is she so famous now, as opposed to four years ago when she was arguably putting out even more like, yeah, bops. So something that I was talking about was in a post-Trump world, what we the what we consume has shifted. And I think there's space now for big black women in the world because it's literally the opposite of Trump. And people are looking for different avenues, like to be so anti what we see on TV and what we see coming out of politics. And yeah. there's nothing that young white women, especially from the middle class, love to obsess over than self-care. And bonus points that that message is now delivered through a fat black woman. Yeah. So, which I think is, I don't want to be like Lizzo is so talented and incredible and I'm so happy she's famous and I don't want to diminish her fame, but I think it is important to look now as like, why is she famous now? As opposed to like, she's been fucking incredible for seven years. Yeah. I mean, the, the flip side in a good way of that, because like, that makes me feel like, you know, sad on behalf of Lizzo that like we, we fucked up and, and missed out on something as a society, which we did. But the other, the wonderful thing about that, it's like, what do we, what do we need right now that Lizzo is so consistently and with so much of her whole heart and her whole self is giving to like everybody as a society, like she really is. But I do think 
I, I want to believe, you know, hashtag we love counterfactuals here. I want to believe that she would have become this person, no matter who was president and what nationalism and fascism looked like in, in the world right now. But I, I think you're right. I think there's something there. I think that there's something we're yearning for that she is providing. Um, and I think it's, I think it's complicated. I, I think that we turn to black women for comfort, you know, as a society when it's convenient for us and we turn away from them when it's convenient for us um, as dominant culture. Um, so I hope we don't turn away from Lizzo anytime soon, but um, yeah. It's making me think that when this album came out and she has the song, um, like woke up, she has the song and it's like, woke up uh, thinking that I might just run for president. Um, and yeah. Amy Culpature like quote tweeted that and was like my new anthem or something like that. You know, okay, my new. Well, she's uh, that no. is horrible. But that's <laughs> what she I, ate salad with a comb. <laughs> but I think that that's like exactly what you're saying. It's that like white middle class women leaning into like this, like oh I'm so cool. Like look at me quote tweeting this like black fat rapper. You know, that makes me so upset. I did not know Amy Klobuchar did that. She's from Minnesota, so like yeah, yeah. So there, there are so many angles. There's that she's angle, the only obviously. Minnesota, and I hate. Okay. <laughs> All right. Settle down. (laughs) But also, yes. Um, But also, yeah, her songs are just so they're they're earworms pretty much across the board. And they're also um, they're I was about to say statements of purpose, but that sounds (laughs) really good. They're mission statements. They are. Uh, They're on LinkedIn bios everywhere. Right. And they're, they're like painstakingly universal and that in itself is so radical because black women have been othered for centuries in this country that the fact that, um, the, what she sort of like tries to speak about is so universal is, is such a radical act in and of itself on top of everything else we've been talking about. And she, and she forces in a good way, she forces us to kind of contend with that when, when I think we, um, when I think culture in general wants to kind of just put like a nice little rose colored lens on what she's doing. She reminds us that we're radical. I found this, um, she had a great, uh, interview with Terry Gross, um, from NPR who like my parents loves. This is how my parents found out about about Lizzo. Speaking um, of white people trying to feel good about themselves. Right? Like think like speaking of white people, Terry Gross, um, yeah. you know, not she, the diminished Terry Gross. She's awesome. She's, she, she's a good white. Um, well, so she that. said something she said, so, okay. I'm trying to figure out what's the best part of this interview to read. So Terry Gross says, you know, sometimes when I see somebody who's nude or half nude, she's speaking of uh, Lizzo's album cover, you know, largely nude on their album cover and a photo. And it's a woman, I think like it sometimes bothers me because I think, oh, you're making yourself into a a sex object for men. When you're doing it on your album cover, I think it's a really bold statement and it's a statement for women because you're trying to break the mold of what beautiful is. And Lizzo interrupts her and says... Yeah, but are you only saying that because I'm fat? You know what I'm saying? Because I feel like if I were a thin woman, maybe that wouldn't be the case. I feel like women who are smaller aren't really given the opportunities to be body positive or role models either because we've been conditioned to believe that women are using their bodies for the male gaze. And I think if I were slimmer, I don't think people would look at me with the same type of like, oh, wow, she's so brave. She's doing this. 
and representing everyone that they would, you know, because I'm big. And yeah. that was such an interesting moment where Terry Gross was trying to kind of just just paint her own lens on it. And Lizzo just brings it back so, so skillfully to just reminding Terry Gross and all the listeners who she is in the world and what and what she stands for. Yeah, and and I think that Lizzo is changing the conversation on fatness and on self-love. And it's not about mimosas and face masks, but it's about getting sad and being okay with being sad. And it gets the nitty gritty. And it's like, she on NPR was like, and I think it's the time, it's the next step is talking about self-love in the mainstream space. And it's talking about being depressed and being okay with being sad. And this is my body and I love it. And like, it's not a, I'm just a fat person on a cover and I'm still sexy. Yeah. Yeah. I was so moved by her Instagram post and stories about when she was having like a pretty depressive episode and she posted about it so openly. And that's so important. Not only, first of all, it's important for pop culture icons to talk about depression. Number one. Number two, it's important for people of any marginalized identity to talk about depression. Number two. Number three, for someone who promotes body positivity, self-love, just this like endless amount of joy that can sometimes feel like as a consumer that her joy is just coming from this endless fountain that, you know, is bottomless and just keeps it coming for her to say like, this is what depression looks like for me. I couldn't believe it. I was just, I like, it was amazing and so important. And she, that is what self-love is. And that's her message is that self-love is not just positivity. It's realness. It's honesty with yourself and it's honesty with others. Like I was, I was so moved. And I went to one of her concerts recently for this new album and she had everyone stop in the middle of the concert and like, be like, you are worth it. Like (laughs) look in the mirror and like had everyone chant together. And I, at the time was like, this is corny, but also like, Sure, it's great. It was beautiful. That's great. Yeah, and I do, and I think that especially in the Black community, people are so, do not want to label their depression or their anxieties or their mental health. So it's extremely powerful to have someone be like, I am depressed with a capital D and like, and this is how I'm handling it. And like, I'm putting a label on it. Yeah, because they have to be so much more resilient anyway. Um, but what she's getting at is that vulnerability and feeling your feelings is a part of resiliency as well. Mm-hmm. And not to be ashamed. Yeah. And the whole positivity thing is like, has always been damaging. Cause it's always like, it makes you feel bad if you have a moment where you're not positive. It's like, why don't you just be positive though? And it's like, that's yeah. not a normal thing to be all the time. For most and we people. expect black women to be positive mm-hmm. because if they show any type of anger, then they're quickly labeled as like black women rage mm-hmm. yeah or if not be positive then just sort of like take it and shut down also something that Lizzo does that is so powerful on the back to the fatness is that like she talks about fuck boys all the time and I in society especially where we're so like thin-minded they can't imagine like that fat people have sex and or like fat people are desired and she changes that even just in like the song Jerome yes mm-hmm. <laughs> That it's like, yeah, fuck fat people also have sex and they fuck and they have fuck boys and it's the same and I it's great.
Yes, in Jerome and um, in all the songs. There's like, there's two songs I can think of, right, where she says that like someone's in her DMs. Uh, I, yeah, like, Truth Hurts. Uh, Truth Hurts and there's one other one that now I'm getting confused in my head. But I think that I feel like there's two. But yeah, she's, by being Lizzo, she's changing the game. And so back to like your question, Becky, you know, of like, are we like, is she changing her message about self-love and what's radical or are we hearing it differently? Mm -hmm. I actually kind of tend to think it's the latter that like, she is still being very clear about like the fact that her existence is political, whether she wants it to be or not. And she's pushing back on the Terry Grosses of the world. And she's, you know, posting Instagrams that she wants to post and she's putting out lyrics and still the more mainstream she gets, the more the Amy Klobuchar's of the world will take the message, the parts of the message they want and leave the rest. And I think it's more about what we're hearing than it is what she's saying. I do wonder if she'll then like remaster my skin the way she did with like Truth Hurts. Oh, I hope so. Wow. Because that would be interesting if she were to put out my skin again or remaster it, whatever. Because that song I think is one of her more like radical songs. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think we are listening. I and I think it goes back to Trump. I think we're listening differently now than we were before. Ugh, it all does. Yeah. And we're desperately looking to find that side for it. Yep. Um overall, we love Lizzo and we're so glad that everyone else finally gets to see her and love her too. And to quote her favorite Aretha people are finally respecting the hell out of Lizzo and yeah, she's, she's the real deal. She is. She is. And I and, hope uh, we elect a democratic president in 2020. She doesn't go away. <laughs> well, I think once you're awake to Lizzo, you can never go to sleep, you know, that's true. As long as she and astrology memes stay. And I love that soulmate brings up astrology immediately. No glory. Let's go. Yeah, the old me used to love a Gemini. Like a threesome, fucking with them every night. A lot of two-faced people show me both sides. So I figured out I gotta be my own type. Oh yeah, what's your guys' favorite song off the album? Mine is mine is Soulmate. Soulmate. Um Old Me used to love a Gemini. Like true. Yeah. <laughs> We've all been there, right? Hannah, what's your favorite? My favorite is Cause I Love You. That's uh-huh. an excellent one. The guitar, yeah. the guitar. I mean, it's so good. She said, okay, I don't mean to sound obsessed with this Terry Gross interview. I'm so sorry that I am. But she said, she was like, I think this is the, she basically was like, I think this is the best pop song that's ever written. And I would say that even if I didn't write it. She said something like that. And Terry Gross was like, Water Me. I know it's not on this. Water Me and Worship are like my favorite songs of hers. And like without Water Me is amazing. I'm going to do a hot take. Water Me is a better version of Good as Hell. I'm here for it. Come come at us if you're upset about it, but that's fine. It's a similar message. Okay, 
Okay, now I think we're going to go to the U-sides. All right, and we're back. The U-sides is a similar theme. Uh, We pose to our great Facebook group, and if you're not in, you should definitely get in that Facebook group. It's bit.ly slash B-sides FB group. So please join and you'll be able to click the link in the podcast description. So I posed a question and I said, oh, I almost hit leave meeting. And I said, <laughs> no how, when did you discover Lizzo and what is your favorite song? Well, ladies and gents, the results will not surprise you. A bunch of people did actually find her in mid 2016 through coconut oil, which Hannah uh, had discussed. Um, and But many people are recent fans yeah. of hers um, and discovered her like through Good As Hell in the summer 2017 and then followed her into this album. Hannah, a few people actually found her through your B-sides. Wow. Yeah. Doing Which, the Lord's work, truly. I, I, I feel honored. Yeah. Um, but that also means it's a little on the more recent side. And I actually, I do think, you know, I think our, the B-Sides Facebook group is the people who are like obsessed with pop music. So we are a little bit skewed. So even for those people to have only found out about her recently means that by mainstream society, it's even more recent, I would say. Yeah. And I do, um, shout out to Riley Davis, who said that she discovered, Lizzo, one of the first episodes of Phoebe Robinson's podcast, So Many White Guys, in fall 2016. Well, I mean, the premise of this question is very interesting to me because actually our B-Sides friend Maya wrote on Instagram really like many, many months ago. Maya, if you're listening, you might not even remember this. So sorry to blow up your spot. But, you know, when I asked, like, what should we even talk about on this podcast? She told us that we should talk about the rise of Lizzo and whether it was this particular cultural moment that made her catapult into stardom which we kind of talked about that we think it was, or was it just that video of her playing the flute and hitting the shoot went viral? Yeah. And it's that, And it's also the, um, the bye bitch video of her on the back of a golf cart saying bye bitch. And it's very yeah, funny. It's like so there's a lot good. of viral moments that she's had that I, I would love to believe she would be on the top 10, the billboard top 10 right yeah. now without those, but I'm actually truthfully not sure. <laughs> if they would, I think that our cultural moment was like ready for her, but that there was like some viral moments that helped get people to, um, like hear about her and get excited about her that they wouldn't have without that viralness. The truth hurts. In, um, in somebody great, someone great, someone great. That was a great rom-com. I love that. Yeah. With Gina Rodriguez. I just love anything that Gina Rodriguez does. It wasn't like an inherently amazing movie, but I'll do anything for Gina well i think we'll end on that note for gina um uh that's our show and we love to talk with you in case you didn't know you can follow us on instagram at listen to the b-sides and on twitter the b-sides pod we're really trying to ramp up the twitter as an aside note so please follow us there and we promise once we get some more followers we'll up the hashtag content and Join our Facebook group, which we just talked about, by searching the B-Sides when you're on Facebook or going to, that is a B-I-T dot L-Y slash B-Sides F-B group. And 
another fun activity for you is that you can email us with questions and ideas at listen to the b-sides that is t-o not the number two at gmail.com and we have a question of the week what do you think pop music is and your answer could be used in an upcoming episode now let me get to the best part of the podcast subscribe rate review us on itunes five stars if you're gonna give us a shitty review thank you for listening all the way through i don't know why you then <laughs> give us a one star if you listen to a whole fucking hour of the podcast i don't understand what you have to do that you want to do that but go for it if you want to have bad karma and use the word lizzo in your review so we know that you listen to this episode and congratulations for listening to the whole way through congratulations um, Yes, I, mean, I, wanna... I there we've had a few like there's a number of people who listen to this podcast but haven't subscribed. Like our analytics can show this, and I'm just wondering like why. So if you're listening, like please subscribe because it would be really helpful for us. We're still new, we're still trying to figure this out, and you know maybe you don't want your subscriptions to you know be cluttered, but like wouldn't you love just a nice blue and pink logo in your subscribed podcast? Like how great would that be? Just like smash that subscribe button, and we're gonna find out who the fuck you are listening and not subscribing and we're gonna take your phone and subscribe you that's a threat that's not a veiled threat that's a threat it's overt yeah great great we'll see you on two wednesdays and until the next time we cut to the feeling i'm becky i'm hannah i'm mimi goodbye bye